0: You believe that the space we surround ourselves in matters and you're committed to project by project building a better world for all of us. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Hey there bright lights, it is Angela and welcome to Architecting Podcast. It's a beautiful sparkly day. We are celebrating Memorial Day weekend. Lots of love to families who have lost someone in combat and many, many thanks to all who died in service to us having freedom. And as we look around the world today and we see aggression and strife, I'm glad that there are people who are willing to put an end to it, to call the bullies on their stuff and take a stand for something that is a fundamental human right, which is the freedom to pursue your happiness. And I'm also enjoying having the space of one extra day in my weekend, that chance to really sink deeper into relaxation and expansion and get more in tune with what lights me up instead of what bogs me down which you know it's just part of everyday life right there's a lot of things and we got to keep a lot of balls in the air and it's nice sometimes to just be able to put them down and do nothing and relax speaking of relaxation we are Less than one week away from my stressless success workshop. And you don't want to miss this. I know you're thinking, oh my God, one more thing to do. I don't have time. Sign up anyway because you can hear the replay. I do this work. I do this work on my own. I've worked with many coaches and experts on high performance lifestyles, on manifestation, on meditation, on identifying and pursuing your dream life and I'm sharing not only what I've learned but what I have successfully put into practice in my own life. Most people who know me, and know all the things I'm involved in, then they find out I'm the founder of this architecting community which includes the podcast and coaching and classes and books and all the wonderful things you have access to. They're like, how do you do it? And it's like, it's not hard. It's not exhausting. I get so much energy out of the work I do in my job as a partner at an architecture firm. So much meaning and fulfillment. But I also get so much out of raising our community of creative professionals up that it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't drain me. It helps to energize me. And sure, life ebbs and flows, we have moments, but in general, I feel like I am on this upward spiral and everything just keeps getting better. I just keep taking on more things and they're better things and the stuff that doesn't serve falls away. And every time we have a change, every time we get stretched, We get out of our comfort zone, we bump up against the edges, and I'm going to show you how to work through all of that, because that's where the growth is. That's where you get out of the stuckness. That's where you get out of the overwhelm. And I know this is just such a big problem for everyone these days, is feeling stuck, Feeling out of control, like you don't have freedom. Feeling like you just can't take on one more thing, but there's 20 of them piled up on top of you. Do yourself a favor. Go to architectingpodcast.com and sign up for Stressless Success. It's happening in just a few days. And again, if you're not available to do it live, You will get the replay if you sign up, so you will still get to hear everything that I am sharing, all this valuable information. It's completely free. You've got nothing to lose. Just go sign up. It's so important that we start saying no to the burnout, the stress, the overwhelm, and start saying yes to the life we want, to the career we want, that we get to step into with grace and ease. And I'm not just selling you a bill of goods. I'm doing this in my life. I am a full-time practicing architect. I have elevated my career so much, and my life has elevated along with it, doing the things I'm going to share with you. Just to give you a taste of that, of how this all works, how the networking magic happens, in a Facebook community that I'm a part of, someone shared an article that really intrigued me about how we can think differently about adapting our skill sets how things that you might have thought were coping mechanisms, you can actually look at differently and start to feel good about how you are resilient, how you are able to leverage a situation, and what that says about you and how it translates to other situations. We've all been doing the remote work thing starting to get back to more and more face-to-face stuff, but the remote stuff isn't going to go away. And frankly, for some of us, the remote stuff was always there. I do a lot of work at the national level, have monthly meetings for national organizations, and of course those things were always done remotely. I run the architecting community remotely. There's very little that happens face-to-face. But we get a little used to things like a client meeting being a very physical event with a lot of hands-on opportunities. We need, as human beings, interaction with other human beings, and we need to be able to pick up on things like body language, facial expressions. So there is still a lot of value in face-to-face. In fact, we had a partners advanced at GBBN just a couple weeks ago. And we were talking about that because we have four U.S. offices plus a Beijing-China office. And we assign people to projects based on their skill set and where we want them to grow. So it is not uncommon to have a project with more than one office working on it. And the thing is just the mix, right? Is there one remote team member? Are there half the team remote, a quarter of the team remote? And so all the value of that face-to-face interaction and collaboration has to be balanced with the fact that there are others on the team that will not be physically present. So what does that mean? Does that mean if 60% of the team is in one location that they all get together and meet, but they all have their laptops and are logged into the Zoom call, but their sound is muted so that the remote people still see the screen full of squares of everyone's face rather than see the camera view from the conference room of everyone sitting around a table where you could hardly even tell who's in the room, let alone have any sense of their facial expression or reactions as things are discussed? And does that not matter if you are sharing a drawing or other kind of visual image where everyone's camera view would shrink down and you wouldn't really be able to see them anyway? And what is equitable in situations like that? Is someone at a disadvantage because they happen to work on projects that are not native to their office, and if they never get that opportunity, does no one fully realize what they're capable of? How do we help everyone to feel connected, engaged, involved, and most importantly, seen, so that we know what they're able to contribute? If they're struggling, we can see that and head it off at the pass and support that person before things maybe go south. These are questions that we never had to answer before, but all of a sudden are huge. We're having to think about the fact that offices are typically all open offices these days. Yet, if you're going to be on a conference call or video conference call most of the time, there aren't enough meeting rooms to house that. But if I'm sitting at my desk and I have to be on mute because of the ambient noise of the studio around me, so much so that I get the little notification on my screen from Zoom telling me that if I'm trying to talk, I'm muted. And I'm not trying to talk. It's just the ambient noise is that loud that it thinks I'm speaking. Or I am speaking and I'm presenting so I cannot mute myself and someone starts making a lot of noise in the background and I can't exactly disrupt a client call to go tell them to be quiet. And the situational awareness that others are on calls is is tough. We don't want everyone to sit at their desk in silence. That's not it. All the atmosphere that anyone would want to work in, it's not conducive, then you may as well just work from home. So, how do we get that balance? What do we do? And this article that I came across talks about hybrid competence and what that means to navigate this new world that we're in with no owner's manual. So that we can feel as connected as possible and as successful as possible. Some of it is how well can you pivot among a variety of tasks? How well can you manage your time? How well can you put up boundaries so that you don't become exhausted? What do you do? If you are hybrid competent you're probably very well organized and good at building relationships you have awareness of a network how to reach out to people when to reach out to them you don't always have to have a formal meaning to be reaching out connecting having that conversation and if you can do that you're going to be a whole lot more successful in this very much more complicated environment because you know we used to see people based on project teams so you could just talk to the person next to you or reach out to someone or if you were having an issue the project manager might overhear that and be able to come over all bets are off in a new hybrid environment where you don't get those opportunities being better able to be proactive And to feel comfortable reaching out to one another is a huge skill. But you know what? It's also a big leadership skill, even in a world where everything is entirely face-to-face. Because leaders don't wait for problems to happen. Leaders have their fingers on the pulse of a situation and the people in it and are regularly checking in. They don't see someone struggling or suspect that something maybe isn't moving along and just let that situation continue to happen. They check in. It doesn't mean you micromanage or take people's responsibility from them, but you give them a better framework. You ask them questions. You help provide guidance. And that skill of being self-motivated, self-directed, and organized really serves you on anything you'll ever do. It helps you be better at it. It helps you offload the overwhelm, right? Offload the to-do list because you do know how to delegate or reassign work. You know who to give it to, and you know how to develop that person's skill set as they do it. But the other thing that is emerging from this hybrid work environment is this concept of do-it-messy. The polished perfectionism, the six o'clock news announcer kind of way of showing up in the world, is not only irrelevant today, but it's stale. We want the authenticity. When your dog is barking in the background, it makes you more relatable, not coming across as unprofessional. When we see that you are dealing with a young child and your workload, that's impressive, not regressive. It's showing that you can pivot tasks and handle multiple things. A real challenge we're still going to have, though, is having boundaries. So, can you have blocks of time for quiet, focused work? Can you have no meeting afternoons or days? Can we be better at coordinating and scheduling one another's time? Like, there used to be a time in the old days when if you needed to convene a team meeting, you would just look at everyone's schedules. Find a time that worked, find a conference room that was available, and send. Now, though, we need to be a lot more sensitive of people's free time. And just because you see white space on their calendar doesn't mean that it's a good time to meet. I've taken on the practice of sending an email or a chat message out and just saying, do you have some time today? for a 15 to 20 minute touch base. That allows that person then, the agency, to say, no, I am working on a deadline for a different project today. That's why my calendar is fairly clear. How about tomorrow? Or I do have some time, but not until the late afternoon. It doesn't just hijack their calendar because oh i found a blank spot and i'm slipping my meeting in there it allows that person to have a better sense of control of their schedule because they can now respond to you and let you know what a time that works for them to meet might be when you come up with some creative ways that really work well you know, mirror boards are becoming more and more popular as a great way to create a pinup board when everybody isn't in the same location. It's interactive. It, it allows people to process information, add to the information, leave comments about the information in an asynchronous way. And I think that is an important part of the hybrid workforce is understanding that not everything has to happen during a meeting that you can set up things that can be done asynchronously so that people can check in with it when they have the time and not be forced to sit in yet another meeting looking for those things like mural boards or wikis or shareable documents that you can invite the team members to and allow that asynchronous work opportunity is really important. Creative solutions like can you do virtual mock-ups? We experimented with this on a project with a client back in the height of the pandemic in the spring of 2000, and we were able to do it. We were able to have an actual physical mock-up that very small groups in full protective equipment were able to visit in real time while we watched from Zoom and could ask questions and interact. That kind of creativity about putting together a different way to have a physical experience or... A really good, interactive, asynchronous experience shows that you're a leader. To be creative, to pivot, to do something that we talk about a lot here in the architecting community, to say, what are we really trying to do with this meeting or this activity? And how else could we get that same most essential information? You know, we're all creatures of habit. So we think that a meeting has to look a certain way and have certain steps to it, or a client workshop has to unfold according to a certain checklist of steps and processes and exercises. Often we lose sight of the why behind all of that. Why do we want to do an affinity exercise? What are we trying to learn from it? Because if everybody can't write their post-it notes in real time, we lose the magic of it. So how could we capture getting simultaneous feedback from multiple people so that one won't influence the other? Could we do it through online polling or online sticky notes? Miro actually has a plugin that lets you do this where you generate your own notes and there's a timer so you can give two minutes or five minutes or whatever is appropriate. And people can generate their own set of sticky notes without seeing anyone else's. And then when the timing ends, that's when you can share and start to move things around. Can you assign people to smaller groups and put them in breakout rooms, right? So thinking about what you really get from some of the typical things you do in your workday, whether it's with your team or with your clients, and why those things matter, what you're really trying to accomplish by doing those things. Then you can think differently about how else could I get that same level of information. And sometimes you actually find that the alternative you've come up with might be a more effective solution than the more traditional way of approaching it. What are you doing? I would love to hear what solutions you have put together as we all begin this shift to a new way of working. And again, I want to thank Cinda Lester of 1212 Architects for sharing this article that inspired today's podcast. Once again, shows the value of building and staying connected to your network. You never know where you are going to find inspiration if you are looking to tap into that stressless success experience don't forget to go to architectingpodcast.com and sign up for the workshop happening in just a few days see you later thank you for listening you made it all the way to the end of the episode which means you are committed you can follow me on social media at Architecting Podcast or visit architectingpodcast.com to download some great free resources. Take care, everyone, and stay inspired.